You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod and email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. You can also call into the show for 5362 That's Royal 5362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into what lottery night means for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to dive into the National Power Rankings post-deadline, a special Wednesday edition of Stockwatch, and we're going to power rank the fun players on this roster. Take them to the funnel and see who's the most fun to watch and who's maybe the least fun to watch on this Thunder team. So a very interactive show where you can give me your feedback on who's on your fun power rankings for this Thunder team. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week later on in this very episode. Let's start with lottery night because as soon as the dates got announced yesterday by the NBA PR and they sent us all the information, and you're looking at the dates and the times in which these are going to occur, and the lottery night's on June 22nd, it all got real. The fate of this franchise is going to be decided on June 22nd at 7.30, which I'm not sure if it's qualified as around the corner just yet. I think maybe it's down the block, or maybe even down two blocks right now. Maybe a hop, skip, and a jump, you could say. But it's not in the too distant future. Whatever way you want to describe June 22nd, it's not that far off. And that is a night that can reshape Oklahoma City history and especially Oklahoma City Thunder history. Because look what happened the first time this team got here, won a lot of games, got a lot of interest, made a lot of money. That can all happen again with this current group. And a lot of this dictation will be based on lottery night. Now, there's still going to be other ways if the lottery night does not go the Thunder's way to where they can improve this team. They're still going to have Sam Presti, and they're still going to have a billion first-round picks. As we've seen with Andy Ainge, the first-round picks don't necessarily guarantee you anything, although we can all agree that Sam Presti is far more competent at his job than Danny Ainge. But let's go through what can happen lottery night, which we'll do a lot from now until the actual lottery night date. But this is to kind of put into perspective as the Thunder are at a crossroads in their year and they were still up until the deadline and really still to this day a subsection of fans who don't understand or don't want this team to lose games. Let's try to put it into perspective where the team's at right now and compare it to where they're at at the end of the year and how things have changed a bit. So... Right now, as the Thunder are going to continue a tough stretch of their schedule, they're going to play Toronto today, then play you know Phoenix and Portland and these good teams after playing you know, Boston and Dallas. And they'll do all this without their young trio. Shea's out tonight. Lou Dort's out tonight. Darius Spaces is out tonight. With Darius out, with Lou out, with Shea out, you're going to face a lot of adversity tonight and in the near future 
what does this all mean for the Thunder? So lottery night itself represents hope for not just the Thunder, but for any franchise. I mean, think about Houston right now. Houston will go into lottery night with either the worst or the second worst record in the NBA. And yet on June 22nd, before the ping pong balls get announced and the envelopes get opened by Mark Tatum, the Rockets will only have a 47.9% chance of keeping their draft pick. That's it. That's the that's it. That's a coin flip, uh, and, and that can decide that franchise's future. And a lot of franchises are like that. Minnesota, Houston, Oklahoma City. A lot of these franchises are going to live and die by June 22nd, and somebody has to get the short end of the stick. And for the Thunder, this can go a lot of different ways. So let's break down the great, the good, and the awful. The, the great aspect of this would be the Thunder having their pick leap to number one and have Houston's pick fall to five. That, that would be the very best possible outcome. If that happened, you should be thanking whoever you think as a higher power that the Thunder have just cashed in these two picks and will now enter that infancy stage of a dynasty with Shea and Cade Cunningham and whoever you get at five. At that point, the fifth overall pick becomes rather meaningless because Shea and Cade Cunningham, with Mark Dagnott and with the pieces around this team and with the future assets to go trade for a proven veteran star, this team already becomes a dynasty-built team and you still have the fifth overall pick to play with. What Most franchises do not get just top five picks willy nilly to throw around and just to, to blow, so to say, even though you've got to stress that the Thunder will also cash on the, fi- on the fifth pick as well, but the pressure's not on that fifth pick anymore if you get one and five. That's the best case scenario. And that truly changes the trajectory of this franchise. That truly changes the outcome of everything. That changes everyone's life. The good outcome would be that Houston falls to five and, and your pick right now doesn't move. You stay at eight, which is where the Thunder are slotted right now if the season ended today. And you're hoping to climb up that reverse standing order. And you're hoping to get you know in the top five after you hopefully leap Washington and you leap Cleveland, and you're able to find yourself in that top five range to increase your odds of getting that best-case scenario. But a five and eight wouldn't be awful. It wouldn't be great. It'd be, it'd be good because you still have a top five pick from Houston, and you have the eighth overall pick, and even if you have to make those two selections at five and eight, you're hoping that they can become at least all-star level guys or all-star caliber guys, if not franchise-changing. But also at five and eight, you have the asset both in this present season plus the future draft capital to pair the eighth and the fifth overall pick to get the first overall pick. Now, I think that Cade Cunningham will be very hard to trade for, and I think it might be impossible to trade for Cade Cunningham, but there's still a lot of times for GMs to mess this up. Luka Doncic was traded for a fifth overall pick and a future first-round pick. Not every GM will be as dumb as that, right? So you get to just kind of play your cards, and you don't want to leave it up to uh, that and leave it into the hands of a bad GM to make a bad trade. But five and eight give you the only realistic pathway to trading for Cade Cunningham. You can try to package seven or six of your future 14 first-round picks, but you have to factor in what's realistic and what those values on that first-round pick will be from those certain teams whenever we know for sure in this draft that you're going to get a franchise star if you draft Cade Cunningham or if you draft Kaminga or Green or Suggs, you know what you're going to get. Whereas in the 2020 draft, there was a lot of questions of what's going to happen if I draft Lamelo Ball, if I draft any of these other talents, you know, James Wiseman, to where they were more readily available via the trade than it will be in this specific season. So I think that 
five minutes, a good path for you. It gives you a chance, a fighter's chance to get into the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes. But of course, you'd rather have one in five. The only bad outcome in this is what I've been saying since the preseason. The only bad outcome of this year is that your pick ends up at eight, nine, 10, which is where it could fall right now. Eight, nine, 10 ish area. And Houston gets a top four pick and you're stuck with the eighth overall pick in Miami's pick, which at best will be 15, but probably be worse than that even. And you're going to get a good player, maybe, and it's going to be a crapshoot. It's not going to be a sure thing. It's not going to be guaranteed. And you can say all the buts you want to. Again, I'm not sure how willing GMs will be to trade away Cade Cunningham and, J- and Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green and all these other players. I don't know if they're going to be willing to trade these guys away because we know that they're going to be franchise-altering players. So why would you have, what's that saying, one bird in one hand, two hands in another, or something like that? Why would you do that? It's kind of just doesn't make a lot of sense the way it would in 2020 whenever you didn't have the known quantities in that draft. So let's go over the butt, butt, butts. Well, SGA, he wasn't drafted in the in the top five. You know, Jokic was not drafted in the top five. All these other examples and so on and so forth. Devin Booker, you don't want to deal in the one-offs and the outliers. You also have to realize, even if you cash in at eight, and whoever you drafted at eight is a good little player, and in three or four years down the line, he turns into that franchise type of player. Time does not stand still. SGA gets three years older, he gets three more years from that contract, and then you are just now starting the process of getting into the postseason and having the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of a postseason, whereas if you get Cade Cunningham and get the one and five overall picks, you're starting that preseason, uh, you know, that preseason process and living the ups and downs of a young team and figuring out how to play in the postseason. You're living that from the word go in 2021-22, especially if you keep that play-in style tournament, which I think the NBA would. You're almost a lock for the play-in at that point because this team, if they played everybody and didn't tank, could have been a play-in type of team, at least having a fighter's chance at it if they didn't tank. So you're right on the cusp of that, and all you have to do is suffer losses this year for the remainder of this season in a year in which they're not allowing fans in the building. And most of you still to this day cannot watch the games on TV because of the Sinclair deals with each and every provider. I believe we're down to just AT&T now and DirecTV that have access to the Sinclair Fox regional sport networks and maybe a few cable companies. It's why I never understood the pushback from the anti-tankers because this is a ready made scenario. If you add Cade Cunningham to Lou Dor, SGA, Darius Baisley, Poku, Maldon, if we add a, if you add a Cade Cunningham to this team, you're entering your next championship phase already. That this should have always been the plan and was always the goal. This team was just too good in the first half of the year to really capitalize on it. And now you're stuck with hoping to get in the top five rather than in the top three where you get a 14% chance. You're hoping and pleading that you can get a top five odds where you have a 10% chance of Cade Cunningham rather than a 14% chance. So like the, the lottery night itself dictates so much of the Thunder's future. It's unbelievable. This sport is strange where ping pong balls and envelopes are going to decide if this team on June 23rd is knocking on the door and busting down that door and entering an infancy stage of a dynasty or if this season was lost, and they have to try to do this all over again and find that next superstar to pay with SGA while SGA gets a year older and starts to eat into that team control. A lot will be determined on June 22nd, and we're just at the mercy of the way a couple ping pong balls bounce. Coming up, we're going to talk about where this team is at in the national power rankings. We're also 
going to have stock watch, and then we're going to have our fun rankings of every single player on this team. How fun are they to watch? But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra is incredible, and it's time to name the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. I think this week the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week has to be Moses Brown. Moses Brown earns himself that standard full-time contract. He deserves it. He gets security. He gets exactly what he needs in his basketball life, and he's just a fun player to watch, a fun player to talk to, and a fun player to root for. He brought me a ton of enjoyment, joy, and happiness this week from the Monster 2020 game this week to the amazing contract that he signed that could be so team-friendly and is so team-friendly for Oklahoma City. That is why he is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. That brings me joy, happiness, and enjoyment with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it and joy creates success. Enjoyment is not the end game. It's the only game. And I must say, are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? That's the question to be asked. And Moses Brown certainly makes me very happy. So try out Michelob Ultra right now. I'm going to have some this weekend. But please do drink responsibly as Moses Brown earns the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week Award his first of the season. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sport news you need and all the sport news that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Pete Bukowski, updating you on all the latest news from every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on, a, on Odyssey podcast app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. So I want to dive in now to... The National Power Rankings post-deadline segment, where are the Thunder ranking out at in these National Power Rankings after they trade George Hill, wave Austin Rivers, sign Moses Brown, and then they did see some injuries along the way as well, like SGA and Lou Dortz and concussion protocol. We still have not seen Darius Baisley yet in this second half. So the ESPN ranking is 23. The Athletic ranking is 25. The CBS ranking is 25. The NBA ranking is 23. The SI ranking is 25. And then it leaps all the way up to 21 from NBC. Now, CBS has traditionally been the highest on the Thunder this year. They've dropped them down to 25 already. I'm going to put this Thunder team at 25, and that averages them to 23.7. Again, the goal for the rest of this year, as you see these injuries and these trades and these shutdowns of Al Horford, the goal is to figure out a way to leapfrog Toronto, who you play tonight, and that'll be a huge game. Washington, who's on a bit of a tear right now with Russell Westbrook turning back the clock a bit. Cleveland, and get to that fifth spot where Cleveland's currently at. However, it'll be a close race. I mean, as you lose three straight games, guess what? So does Toronto, and so does Cleveland. They both lose three straight games. It's where you make up no ground on those teams. It's going to be tough, and I am interested to see how this pans out the rest of the way. By the way, my over-under prediction this year of 30 wins, I went under. They are 12 wins away from that 30-win mark, and they have a little under half a year to do it, so we'll see if they can actually pull it off. But the road does not get much easier right now for the Thunder because they play Toronto tonight, who's in desperate need of a bounce back, and then they play Phoenix, Portland, Detroit, Charlotte in this next week. Charlotte is a sneaky, decent team. Portland can be scrappy. Any given night, I mean, they just blew out Toronto again. Dwayne Casey just has Toronto's number for whatever the reason is. 
And then you play Cleveland, another great tank battle. But then you jump right back into it with Philadelphia, with Utah, with Golden State, who's fighting for that kind of play-in area. I, this is going to be a, an interesting stretch to finish the year and see where things level out for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, and I think that for now they're 25, and obviously we'll see them start to trickle down a bit depending on what happens the rest of the way. But I do want to have a Wednesday edition of Stock Watch. Let's get into that right now. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. As the stock market opens on this post-trade deadline version of Stockwatch, we go first to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls get Vucevic for almost nothing. I don't believe in Wendell Carter. Uh, the, the picks are nice, but hopefully the Bulls will be good for their sake. I think that this Bulls team will now lock themselves into the postseason, if we can all agree that the play-in counts as the postseason, obviously. They've lost four straight right now, but I think that they can trend in the right direction as this move kind of gets more comfortable for them. This integration of these players get more comfortable for them. I like Daniel Tice. I like the move of Vucevic, obviously. Zach Levine has been playing amazing this year. I think that they're going to get into that play-in area for sure, anything past that would be golden in this year. And then you go back to the drawing board this offseason on how to continue to improve this team. In a Western Conference, and I should say Eastern Conference, that's pretty wide open for Chicago. Now, the Raptors trade deadline stock watch. They're trending down, but they've had a season from hell, honestly. I mean, they've been riddled with COVID for this entire season on and off. I mean, just as you get Siakam back and you get these proven players back, you lose the peripheral role players as well due to COVID restrictions right now. So they've kind of been up and down on top of not playing at home at all this year, on top of the Kyle Lowry stuff, and they find themselves at number seven right now on Tickathon.com. I still think that Toronto makes a push for the play-in, but if you can get assurance from Kyle Lowry that he will resign in the offseason, it could be beneficial for the Raptors to tank. I mean, if the Raptors can at least have a fighter's chance at getting Cade Cunningham or getting one of these five franchise-changing guys, and you pair those five franchise-changing guys with, say, Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam and OG, and you also got Gary Trent Jr. at the deadline, that's a nice team right there with one of the best coaches in the NBA, Nick Nurse. So they're an interesting case study where I could see where, if you believe that they're in a tank, you can move that needle up. And if you think that they're trying to make the play, and you can move that needle down because they're so banged up and just having such a bad year and Pascal Siakam's bad and just a lot of things are not going their way right now for Toronto. Let's go to our two Thunder players this week. Moses Brownstock, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? He just signed the, the contract. He just won the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week award. So obviously I'm buying stock in Moses Brown and that stock is on the rise a bit. Toronto has seen a lot of struggles with their center position this year. I think that this is a game where Moses Brown can thrive tonight against Toronto. So he has his stock improving here for me, and I'm buying in on the Moses Brown stock because I think that at worst, he's a little contributor for a team in the future. And at best, he's a key contributor, more so than the little contributor. And then we move on to Sfima Kailuk, who again is soaring through the sky right now with his stock. And he presents a skill set that's, important for the future in the modern era. And he's shooting 37% from three. If you take out that Atlanta game in his Oklahoma City tenure, we knew his three-point shooting would rise in Oklahoma City. It's doing just that. While he's playing in a 
makeshift Thunder lineup where he's seeing guys go in and out without exactly being fully integrated into the system and not playing with a full version of the Thunder team and being asked to do different things. And we'll talk about this in a second uh, of what all this means, but being asked to do different things he's not used to, that does hurt your shooting percentages if you're being asked to shoot off the dribble and take step backs and do all this other stuff that you typically, to maximize your output, wouldn't do. So we'll talk about that in a second coming up. And we're also going to rank our fun players for this Thunder team 1 to 12. That's all going to be coming up. We can start our Toronto preview real quick, just with the injury report and the overview. The Thunder will not have Darius Baisley, SGA, Lou Dort, or Mike Muscala. Of course, we'll not have a Horford either. Toronto will not have DeAndre Brimbury. We'll not have Jalen Harris. We'll not have Patrick McCall. We'll not have Paul Watson. And I believe that they're still operating with a, with one less roster spot to where they're not only missing four bodies, they're missing a fifth in the terms of the open roster spot to where they're really, really shorthanded against Oklahoma City, who's also shorthanded because you're missing Muscala and Dor and SGA and basically now Horford. You're missing five yourself. It's going to be a really short rotation for each team, and we'll see what happens from here on out. And I think that uh, Fred Van Vliet hurt his leg a bit uh, in the last game. It's not, of course, serious enough to make him not play tonight, but it will be something to monitor throughout this next game. But coming up, let's talk about what this season means moving forward and how to watch this game against Toronto and rank our fun players on this Thunder roster. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. We've been telling you about Built Bars for so long right now. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting, great for the keto diet, and they have 100% chocolate on the outside of every bar. And right now, it is March Madness. And so, it's bracket time, and it's time to crown the very best-tasting Built Bar from Built Bar by voting at BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And the matchup today is a very good one as we get into the weeds of this tournament and, and we try to crown the true champion. Today's matchup is Mint Brownie against Coconut Brownie Chunk. This is tough, but I have to go Coconut Brownie Chunk because it's truly one of my favorites. And, I, and I've told you to stuff the ballot boxes for cookies and cream, so you better do that here on April 1st. But for this specific matchup, uh, Coconut Brownie Chunk takes it away. It's very good. My entire family enjoys Coconut Brownie Chunk. My sister, my mother, they all love it. I love it. Try it out today. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. LOCK15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. I also want to tell you about good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And when you're listening to this, baseball's a day away. Baseball starts on Thursday. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. That's our promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Let's tell you real quick about our good friends over at the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. The Locked On NBA Draft Podcast gets you more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's draft class. With the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, scouting reports, 
draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked on NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts from. So I want to talk real quick about how to watch this team. And Mark Daynott's done a great job all year with the media. And those of us in the media have listened to him and asked him questions. And he's told us very honest and truthful answers and given us great insight that I don't think a lot of coaches do in general, or, or at least are not expected to do it to the extent that Mark is doing it. And one thing that he keeps pointing out is that, you know, he wants Tail Maldon, Sue Mackay Luke, Ty Jerome, Isaiah Roby. He wants these kind of safe-natured players, and, and Sfee's been that kind of safe-natured player his entire career going back to Kansas. You know, he, he wants these kind of players to get more aggressive. And that he's been very explicit in saying that roster exploration is not just a term being thrown out there for fun or to just simply explain the minutes played column, but he also wants it to explain the rest of the box score to where he wants Teo Maldon to try something new, Poku to try something new, which he doesn't have to try very hard to get Poku to do something out of the ordinary. He's going to try anything he feels like trying, which is awesome to watch and why he's going to rank so high on our fun rankings. But he wants Teo to get some of that aggressiveness. And Isaiah Roby, try something. If it works, fantastic. We've added a new area to your game. If it doesn't work consistently, okay. Well, we found out that in the future, let's maybe not go this direction with Isaiah Roby. Let's maybe not have Tail Maldon do this or that. And to do that, you have to be aggressive, though, and have to have turnovers. You have to have missed shots. You have to have things go wrong to figure out what you can do wrong, what you can do right. Because you might surprise yourself in the process. And so it's going to be hard to just look at box scores and tell who played well and who didn't play well because they're all going to be working on something. If you're a big baseball fan, you know that in spring training, a pitcher might have a 15 ERA and be getting up a ton of runs, but he also might only be throwing fastballs that day or only be throwing curveballs that day to where it's easy for the hitter to know what's coming and he's just working on what does it look like whenever I throw a curveball or things like of that ilk to where, yeah, you know, maybe tomorrow, maybe on Wednesday, Poku shoots... 15% from the floor. But what is he attempting to do in those shots? Is it a, a normal standard spot up three and he's just missing? Or is he trying to get creative and trying to see you and push the brink and push his limitations a bit in that game? So we're going to start to see more of that as Mark talks these guys into being more aggressive and kind of going against their instinct of, okay, for Teo example, Teo's been a professional for a long, long time in his life, even though he's only 19 years old overseas. For Teo, He's been trained, okay, turnovers are bad. I need to avoid turnovers. I'm a point guard. Don't give the ball away. Well, in this specific year, whenever you're putting the ball in Teo's hands and you're and he's facing this new opposition, you want to see what he can and can't do. So if he has five turnovers, it's not the end of the world. We're just going to figure out what can and can't work at this level for him. And I think that you're going to start to see that, and that's how you're going to start evaluating this team moving forward. As far as Wednesday's game against Toronto, low-key could be a tanking game where you're like, Okay, if we beat Toronto, does that send them into this full-born, just we're going to sit everybody and we're going to lose and we're going to try to bolster our team to the draft? Or will Toronto always make the push no matter what happens? And the Thunder are going to be shorthanded and not have their best players, and they're for sure not going to be favored in this game by our good friends over at BattleLine.ag, I don't think. And they're probably going to lose this game, obviously. But it's about the process and how you get to that loss, and that's what this season's all about. It's about watching how does Josh Hall's rotations look in this game. Because there was moments where him and Isaiah Roby got confused a bit on who was going to rotate where and just learning how to play with each other. Does that improve in this game? That's more so what we're evaluating right now for this Thunder team, more so than the scoreboard in this year. So if you want to check out until June 22nd and see how this all pans out and see if you get one of those marquee guys, I couldn't blame you. 
but it will be a fun ride to watch these players. And that's why as we hit the 30 minute mark, we can't do it today, but we'll do it later on this week. I want to rank all these players in terms of how fun they are, because it's a tough conversation to have. I mean, somebody has to get put at the bottom of the list and it's going to be tough to evaluate. And that's why I want to give you this opportunity before Friday's show, when we are going to rank these fun players, what is your rankings? Who comes in number one, who comes in 12 and everything in between. Of course, it's unfair to count Justin Jackson and Matt Muscala and Darius Miller and Al Horford in these rankings. Outside of those guys, who gets in what slot for you in terms of if you could only isolate one player and watch them the entire game, who would you pick and on down the line? And I think for a 19-win team right now and a team that's going to hopefully be and probably be in the, in the bottom five of this league as the third worst team in the Western Conference, they have a lot more fun pieces than those other two teams do, than Minnesota and, and Houston do. So I want to hear from you. What is your top players to watch, your favorite players to watch play basketball on this team? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's not R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll be back tomorrow to recap this game against the Toronto Raptors. This is Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Monday through Friday, never missing a beat here on Locked on Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.